0: Welcome in. It is Nerd Hero. Man, we've had a few weeks off because of, you know, dad and job duties that we all, you know, life. And there's been some big stuff that's happened in the past few weeks, right? Because this thing called Ahsoka that John and myself are going to talk about. It's John and Joey. Uh, no know Gus, because Gus hasn't caught up on the show yet, which is crazy, yeah, like, right? So he, you know, he was like, listen, I, I don't, you know, I don't know enough about it right now to, you know, give an, an opinion. Plus, he doesn't want to get spoiled either because I'm just going to lay it out there. All spoilers, as we talk about Ahsoka, which just came out. So we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, but did you know the new episode came out on Tuesday? And it was episode four. I tell you, there'd been kind of a lukewarm reception going in episode four. I believe that's over so far. You know, I, I just I haven't seen. It, All fans are going to have their
1: opinions, regardless. But yeah, I, and I, and I know to our audience too for the past couple of episodes we talked about not speaking about anything current and whatnot. But Joey and I, we were talking about this offline. We've been just so excited about Ahsoka. And we feel like we wouldn't do our listeners any justice if we did not react to this, right? Yeah. This is just two fans, two avid Star Wars fans. I think we made it apparent from episode one how how we're avid Star Wars fans. We just want to share our reactions to what we've been seeing so far. Nothing more, nothing less. Nothing else, and we're very excited about talking about this.
0: We are, yeah, because you know, I think that with Ahsoka, it was obviously the the brainchild Ahsoka is of Dave Filoni. It's his, you know, that's his creation is Ahsoka. So for people that are just casual fans of the movies that don't really know who Ahsoka is and they saw this show coming out, they're like, Who is this? She is one of the most important characters in all of Star Wars, though she was created after really all of the main action of Star Wars,
1: yeah, it was in two thousand and eight when Clone Wars started, right? Yeah, with
0: Ahsoka. Yeah, exactly. And you know, she started out honestly how most teenagers start out—very annoying, and people hated her character. Absolutely, they did. <laughs> but then the growth right. over the years, and you see it's its just the, it's a masterpiece of what Dave Filoni did with the Clone Wars and with Rebels that you got to see the growth of one character from the beginnings that became a war veteran at 14 years old. And all the loss and all the things. And so you you get to see that. And this is the kind of the culmination. I guess the culmination will probably be the Heir to the Empire movie. But this shows the culmination of watching that character be developed and go through all these, mostly downs, I mean, truthfully, if we want to look at Ahsoka's life, right? A lot of losses. I mean, it's hard for her to win a lot in this. And you see that in this show and this the the development of the characters. You understand, you know, a lot of people, of course, said, Wait, it's all females. They're doing it again, Disney is and listen, I'm not gonna lie, there's been some really crappy forced on us female characters within this recent Disney Star Wars, right, that just has had no depth to it, have added nothing to the show, just kind of forced at us. This isn't that kind of show. I think you would agree on that. These are established characters that have beautiful arcs that have been built up. Ahsoka Sabine, Hera.
1: Ahsoka has been built up and her arc's been taking place over 15 years. If you go back to the original 2008 Clone Wars, right? Yep. And I don't have enough fingers on my hands to count how many conversations I've had over these past four weeks from fans and friends alike that have yet to watch the Clone Wars and or Star Wars Rebels. And they ask me, they're like, dude, John, like, why is Ahsoka like so serious? I thought she was supposed to be optimistic. And my explanation has always been consistent in that she has developed over the years. Like to your point, Joey, about the Clone Wars, it changed her. It changed Anakin. It changed the whole galaxy. And then when you see in Star Wars Rebels with Ahsoka as Fulcrum, you see what's happening with her and and believing that Anakin was dead and coming to the realization that, no, he is Darth Vader. And then having to fight on Malachor. And so this is what I love about the Ahsoka show is for those that have watched The Clone Wars... And Star Wars Rebels, and even Tales of the Jedi, with those few episode arts, you know, with Ahsoka, you get to see that evolution of the character. So even when you see Ahsoka in the second season of Mandalorian, it makes sense why she's saying about to Din Denjarin about the attachment thing, mm-hmm. why you have to be leery of this. And so I've always, I've told everyone over these past few weeks, please watch the Clone Wars, please watch Star Wars Rebels, one because they're great. In my opinion. But to understand Ahsoka, you need to watch those things. Yes. Now, for those that would challenge me on that and say, well, I should be able to pick up things and enjoy this episodic Ahsoka show without having to watch Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Okay, And for those people, I've watched the first two, you and I, we watched with friends of ours who have yet to watch Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, and they were able to still follow along. They asked us some questions, right? Because they were curious, but they were curious and because they were interested Mm -hmm. in the characters. So we got to tell them more about that. So anyways, to wrap this long-winded point up, I challenge anybody who says this show is only made for fans of Star Wars Rebels. I think that's such a cop-out excuse. I think it's the Star Wars we've been clamoring for for years. And for those that have invested the time and energy in watching this character evolve, we're reaping the benefits. Mm -hmm. And for those that have yet to see that character evolve, hopefully it would encourage them or influence their desire to go back and watch these other programs that Ahsoka's been on.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think that a lot of people would say, well, look at the ratings initially, right? Because... You know, there was a lot of debate on these ratings that came out from the first two episodes, right? Saying that, you know, there was those one really low ratings that said it was 1.2 million people that watched the first two episodes through four days, through, through six days. I'm sorry, through six days. You know, I don't know how accurate that is. You know, Disney came out and challenged that and said it was like 14 million. Now, I don't know how true either one of those are, right? I, I don't, I don't know. it, it. it could be that it was very low numbers compared because, one, people had not watched some of these shows, the, the, the animated series, and also just the bad taste. I mean, obviously, Mandalorian Season 3 dropped tremendously within ratings and within quality. Well, I think nobody would debate that. It really did. It, it hurt Star Wars. Obviously, Andor didn't do great. Now, it, it, some people love it. Some people hate it. We like it. But the ratings were not super for that, and you know Obi Wan really hurt a lot of people. The Kenobi show really hurt Star Wars, especially with Star Wars fans, that they're just like guys like this just isn't it. Then Ahsoka comes along, and you know the first couple episodes, we were really invested. We're like, wow, it's so great to see these characters again. It's it's a really incredible thing. But you know, it, it was just a slow build up for maybe even the casual fan, maybe even the skeptical fan that is saying hey you know what i need i need something. You no, know, episode 3 was great. We really enjoyed episode 3. It had a lot of potential, had a lot of fun and it was a very short episode because we're like we need more. Very kinetic, Cause... straight to the point, but yeah, exciting. And then you have episode 4 that comes out which many many people through all the different platforms, you know, Star Wars fans, you know, people that are very critical of Disney stars, and honestly, some people that have not been massive fans of Ahsoka so far completely changed as they watched this episode because it just starts bringing all of these characters to where they need to be. It it moved the plot in a way that I don't think many of us really expected. To be honest with you, like I knew that, like we all knew. Okay, Grand Admiral Thrawn is like the big bad, right? He is the big, you know, the thing he's out there. We still haven't seen Greta Animal yet. In line, which is action. the
1: best decision right now? Hold it is. hold on to it, it right? Is. Just
0: do a slow burn. It is a slow burn because he is important. He's going to be important going forward. Uh, he he is going to eat the screen up when he's on there because he's such a compelling character. But to see what they've done with Morgan Elspeth being a Night Sister, now I know a lot of people don't know what the Night Sisters are, but that's you know obviously part of *Clone Wars*. And and the Jedi Survivor game and Jedi Fallen Order games. You know, obviously, that they know Marin, that character, Morgan Ellsworth is is part of that group that was wiped out during the Clone Wars. And these are the few that are left. Now, obviously, she's chosen to go a different path than Marin did in the games. But it's really interesting because seeing that, that magic that they offer. Now, the one question I had, and I don't I haven't really heard anybody ask this, is I'm assuming that Morgan Ellsworth was trying to stay hidden as a night sister, right? She was not trying to show that she had any kind of abilities it is why she did not use them in the Mandalorian episode against Ahsoka. And to also get herself well, she clearly could have get herself out of the jail, right? I I'm assuming that's why she didn't do it. Now, they didn't explain that because clearly she's powerful. Very powerful. Because, well, after all the theories about Merrick, the Inquisitor being, what, Starkiller? Who else?
1: Yeah, Starkiller, Ezra Bridger. Kanan? uh, Kanan. I mean, there's various theories on that. Even uh, a clone, Luke Skywalker, because there is the Darth Vader uh, graphic novel where... Uh, Luke Skywalker's hand was on Exegol <laughs> right. and they used that genetic material to create a clone. Luke. Luke right. Yeah. Kind of like the Dark Empire. Kind of get, getting into that again. Yeah. That, I think with Morgan Elsbeth, it, 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 it was interesting how they had the revelation of her being a and And I think it was like there was something far larger that she was working towards, right? So if she were to reveal her true identity and power, it would... Probably hinder that pl- plot. I yeah. think time will tell from the rest of the episodes and mm-hmm. Ahsoka how it plays out as far as releasing Grand Admiral Thrawn, right? Because it's almost in a way she's using Balin and so- uh, Shen, thank Shin. you, as kind of like the scapegoats in a way, right? Or using them <laughs> to her advantage. Who knows? We'll find out four episodes from now what the yeah. whole play is. But I, I just thought it was superb writing uh, in that. Yeah, if she were to break out of those cuffs from the opening act of episode one, it would have taken away from yeah. the, the whole awe, a shock and awe moment. But yeah, I, I, I've i been very pleased with this. And going back to episode four, the title of it, Fallen Jedi. You can have chosen a better title no. for that, right? Because it's nope. like, which Jedi are we talking about? Are we talking about all the Jedi that are in this episode? There's a lot. One, right? And that discourse that happens between Ahsoka and Valen during that lightsaber battle, which... I didn't do not to get on another tangent, but didn't you love that chess battle that they were going through, oh, changing was. their stances and all that? Crackling. It was such it was oh. such a callback to Star Wars Rebels between Obi Wan and Maul, right? Yes, it was. And I just love those little echoes there, it but like, but the, the 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 dialogue going back to that, right? As far as like you and Anakin, you being Ahsoka, right? You just resulted like in destruction, yeah. right? And, Which and is hard from to his hear. Perspective though, you're like. Okay, I can understand why he would think what he's thinking, right? Yeah, and Clearly, he's not like a clear-cut bad guy. There's something he has an aunt. He has honor, right? Yeah. He did. He did not kill Sabine. He kept his word.
0: He also did not draw his lightsaber first. So, Correct. Uh, he let Ahsoka do that. Yes. And th- I think that's what we need to talk There's about. There's a
1: it. lot of depth R- to these characters. Balin,
0: so. <laughs> Balin and Shin, and particularly Balin, but Shin too. I mean, she's she's great. Like she's a very good not even a side villain because she's just part of that, but very intriguing. But man, Ray Stevenson, God, it's just awful that he passed to not see the adoration he gets for this role because he is by far the best live action villain that truly the live action villain they've had in a long time. Just awesome. Because it just, everything he does, it's just, you feel this emotion, this power, this weight to it and it matches like his stature. It was really interesting to hear, you know, he doesn't want to kill Ahsoka, but he also, I'm not sure if he was trying to draw something out in Ahsoka and make, I guess maybe just mess with her head the way he was talking about Anakin and her, or if he truly feels that way about it. Like did he who did he lose during Order sixty six? Because it wasn't Shen. Shen was it's far listen, unless she's just of a species that ages very slowly, she definitely could not have been a Padawan during that time.
1: I think Shen is Balin's daughter.
0: I think so too. I have a tension. It seems like they kinda of have that father daughter mm-hmm.
1: relationship again. And maybe they're like Balin's wife or you know is the one who got killed. And, yes. and by the way, that arc is, it's not the first time Star Wars would be doing that. You you, you have that. Maybe biotic. Vader well, killed yeah. his wife. Right. Exactly. You know? Like Jedi Survivor, it touches on that when Jedi are getting married and having children of their own. Even though, like right now, Merrick seemed to be just a creation from a Night Witch. Which is, which which is great. Which I thought was the, awesome. Great decision by Filoni. Yes. At the same time though, uh, if it were to be like Star Killer Galen mm-hmm. Merrick, Right. That was still the result of a marriage between two and, and them having a child, right? Yes, and that it sure would was. Be, so it would make sense with Chen being so strong in the Force, yeah, that she would be the daughter of Balin. We yeah. see, we see that play at time and time out again. Right? It was, so, it was interesting too. Yeah.
0: And speaking of that fight, I know we're kind of jumping around, but it, I think that this this fight was so good. Man, the lightsaber fights in this episode were so good. Gosh, they were good. Like even even the you know Ahsoka and Merok fight, where she switches to Anakin's stance from Attack of the Clones, where she holds the saber above her head, and basically you know we saw that we saw people attack the Inquisitors similar to that in the in Rebels, where they would you know they'd spin the their lightsabers like all of them did that. And they would, you know, the, the Jedi, the ones that knew they would go with them in a different route, in a different way to be able to combat that. Almost like Obi-Wan with Maul on Dat- and Tatooine, you know, at the end of, on That's Rebels. A, I mean, yeah. some very similar. Though though Maul tried to use the same move that he did on, on Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yeah, Sam, Sam
1: Whitware has a great video on uh, Collider where he responded to that, the chess match between Maul and Obi-Wan and those different stances. Hence the callback I thought he yes. was doing on episode four, but the lightsaber battles, I could not agree more. Uh, the way they are choreographed, they're, they're interesting. They tell a story, they're very mystical. It has those Kurosawa films, the very the samurai feel mm-hmm. to it. Even going back to the second season of Mando with Ahsoka against yeah. Morgan Elsbeth, right? They have the, the Koi pond, right? Mm-hmm. Those are intentional decisions that are being made with the various changes in the stances, but it, it makes every movement so much more powerful and important. Whereas in the, the sequel trilogy, and I'm not just hating on the sequel trilogy, but I just want to call it for what it yep. is. The the moves itself in the sequel trilogy were more for Flash, right? Yes. And to yes. your point, you had Mara, you know, turning the saber and they were going to just do one strike, one kill. Whoever gets it in first mm-hmm. wins, right? Yep. But there was still, like, no wasted movement, yep. right? Even with Sabine fighting Shen. Yeah. There's no wasted movements there. It was a great fight. It is a great fight. And, yeah. it, and it tells a story. It has that mystical feel. So that's... I think Filoni has struck the right balance with the flash and the flare to telling a story and still being mystical. Right?
0: Yeah. yeah. And you, know, they, you can see like the build-up and the quality of the, the lightsaber battles throughout the episodes of this show. Because you, you you have Ahsoka against Meroch and the droid the first time. And then, you, of course, you have Sabine and shin the first time where shin stabs her through and i you know, don't you know the, the surviving we'll the it. gut i mean <laughs> it's, you, you don't let's it, listen the surviving the gut thing you know qui-gon's going you've got to be kidding me you know, all those things but it's that situation where you just you see where they're building this to because with the previous shows and really even with you know like, they did it pretty good in in season three of mando just just wasn't executed properly, kind of a little, a little sloppy with a lot of things to build up. Here, you didn't really know because a lot of it was fairly slow build up. But then they built up to just, just what, I mean, apparently episode five is going to be incredible. It's a long episode. It's just the, one of the longest actual Star Wars Disney Plus episodes of any show. And it needs to be because of the things that we saw and where we're going it has this has to be that middle part that leads into the rest the back end of the show and I think they're doing that and that they've just done such an incredible job I mean, you know the Sabine character you know Sabine and Ahsoka's relationship which a lot of people were kind of questioning like why in the world are they how were they ever a master and apprentice well you know we don't know what happened all in between uh, we we can conjecture, you know. We know that things didn't go well, and we understood why. And I think that's also part of why that Ahsoka was like that towards Grogu in uh, in the Mandalorian episodes. So in the Boba Fett episodes, you know, it's just kind of like, hey, you know, this is this is what happened between me and my Padawan. Like, you know, obviously with Anakin, it was hard for Ahsoka because she didn't finish her training. Now. She learned under a lot of masters, you know. She had, she was, she was dealt with a lot of masters, but you know, she is not a master herself. She's only going on what she knows and trying to make, do the best she can. And obviously, with, which one of the most important things that's happened in Star Wars is them confirming that everybody has the Force, which is not necessarily something that was ever said in a movie, but George Lucas said it outside of movies and said this was what he this was his idea his plan for the force and for see Dave Filoni do that to where everyone has the force so Sabine has it but she's not good at it and the the level of what he I a Chlorians I mean you know, it's kind of a dirty word sometimes within the Star Wars universe but it makes sense here where she doesn't have the aptitude for the force like she has to work extra hard at it to become proficient at it and she didn't because she stopped for so many years i guess in between the training so she has the force she didn't really have the force right yeah
1: that's the whole idea about talent and training that keeps on getting service so obviously like in ahsoka you know she tells sabine uh, you know everyone has the force but there's something about the talent and then obviously going back to Luke saving Grogu right in the season finale of Mandalorian for season 2 he's like hey talent alone is not enough you know you have to have training mm-hmm. again this is our Star Wars mm-hmm. this is something where everyone it's a beautiful story that everyone has the ability to be called by the force and tap into it you have to have the talent you have to have the training you have to work on it and again this is in direct contradiction to the character of Rey. Yeah. Which a majority of the fans, even the ones that would say, I like the character of Rey, they could also agree with the fact that it's like, she didn't work for attaining those abilities and using the Force. You can't just say she's a Palpatine. Same thing, you can't just say Lucas is a Skywalker. Yep. And even if it ends up being the case where Shen is the daughter of Balin, you can't just say, well, Shen is the daughter of Balin, so she can tap into the Force like no other. It requires talent, and it requires training. It's a good message. It is. Uh, just for all of us to yeah. take, right? It is. Um, and even if you, when you look at it from the standpoint of the character of Finn, the Force called out to Finn. He knew something was wrong with the yeah. genocide act that was happening in Jakku, yep. right? Absolutely. And and so it, he, had, he was able to be called by the Force, but he needs the training. He needs to work on the talent aspect, and then he didn't grow in that. I love that. I really do. And I know some fans, they all disagree with it, and, and that's fine. But again, this is the Star Wars that we've been asking for. Yes. And, and, and again, I'm going to say something controversial, but I'm just going to state the facts here. If you are only digesting Star Wars on the silver screen, you're missing out. Yes. Some things you're probably missing out for the betterment. Like if we talk about season three of Mandalorian, it's probably a good thing you missed out on that. Yep. Right? Yep. But unfortunately, if you just keep on the silver screen... You've also watched The Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi. And so what we're talking about here is two different things. There's one thing to be successful as far as performing well in the box office or mouse clicks, right? Mm And views on an app versus telling a good story. And we're in the latter. This is telling a good story. So if it gets the views, great. But we're satisfied because it's telling a good story. And Rise of Skywalker, Joey, as you put it a few episodes back. It made over a billion dollars in the box office. But it was a horrible, if not the worst, story that's been released. Silver screen and small screen alike. Yep. Right? Yep. This is a good story. Yes, it's our opinion. But I can see it from both angles. For those that have watched Ahsoka grow over the years, from 2008, you can understand her character arc and where she's grow- wow. growing. And for those that have yet to watch it... It hopefully would create some level of desire to go back and watching those other IPs just to digest that content, and so I think that's because there's a good story yeah, that's absolutely. being told here, right? No one's being left in the dark on this show. Yeah, like Hera. Like, Hera's like, great. And by the, the way, like Joey, you and I, we enjoyed episode one, but would it be fair to say that was almost like a Star Wars Rebels series recap? It was in episode one just to bring everyone up us yes. up to speed. Yes. Right, a little with some nuances there, which sure. we'll talk here shortly about. Maybe the sun is involved here to some degree, but mostly it was a series recap of Star Wars Rebels. Right, yep. and it tied up the series finale of Rebels in the end of Episode One, and it bridged them and like now we know where we're at. Yes, right. Yes, except
0: for soko the White, which I think we could. I think that was a little bit of retcon. Which maybe so, but which, maybe maybe not. But maybe not. Maybe not. When we get into that part. We'll we'll talk about it because, like you said, the 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 rebels portion of it is great. You know we haven't got to see Zeb yet in this show, but we saw him, of course, in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, was it? Ma- yeah, was you're it. right, Mandalorian, Mandalorian season three. three, season three, and that was great. You know, obviously Hera, seeing her, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead does a fantastic job. I think of Absolutely. Yeah, th- this is where a lot of people are like they're just not as plucky as they were. For one, it's animation. you you can't have wooden characters in animation for one. Two, they literally lost everybody. All of them have. Hera lost the love of her life and the father of her son watched him burn to death in front of them as he saved them. Okay? You know, Jason Solo, boy, I what? how great is it to see him, the, the little boy. Jason Syndulla. Yeah. Syndulla, sorry, yeah. sorry. You know, Jason him. Solo, though, is the Spanning Universe. He is, he is the Spanning Universe. So also, ben known Solo at, also known as Ben Solo. He's also known Disney. as Ben Solo. Here. Sorry, guys. Yes, <laughs> Jason Sindula. And it's just interesting because it doesn't seem like people know that that is Kanan's son. Yeah. They don't really question. They're like, obviously, it's with a human. But we see in the fourth episode, we, it enhances his force sensitivity, right? a little bit when he uses the classic line I've got a bad feeling got a about bad feeling this. feeling about this, yeah. And, you know, obviously seeing Chopper, Chopper the Great War Maybe criminal. if he just doesn't go to Luke's Jedi Temple. Man, maybe it, if it might they, be a good thing. If they, do, dude, what if at the end of this you see her dropping him off at Luke's training? Like, everybody in the whole place will be like, no!
1: You'll see this kid with long black hair and you're like, stay away from that Ben
0: Solo. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, so it, it's just, it's really great to see how they've continued that show, but they've made it something more and better and see the characters, you know, Sabine's character is great, you know, seeing, learning from Balaam that her family perished in the night of a thousand tears. They on Mandalore when Mandalore was destroyed and the purge happened. That's why Clan Wren was not in Mandalorian season three because they were killed. Everybody's been wondering. I've been wondering where is Sabine Wren's family? That's we got our answer. Mm-hmm. Crazy as it is, yeah, it that comes full circle.
1: It does. On and, it, and it's yeah, it, and
0: it's like, and you know what? They don't have to do an elaborate flashback with it. They already, you know. You, if you know anything about it, I mean, I know that's tough. But if you watch the TV shows, you've seen the Night of a Thousand Tears when the bombers and the ter- the-, the Terminators are going through and shooting all the people. Yeah, the
1: KTSS. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know,
0: but it, it, now this one line from Balin tells you all you need to know about where Sabine is and why some of the way she is, why she's been this way, this why she is so apt to get Ezra back because it's her last family that she feels like. And, man, when she, you know, her character development is so good and the, the actress is great Natasha Lou Bordizo, she does an amazing job with her. Um, now you see, yet again, people were talking about how she didn't fit, why was she acting like this, why was this, this, this. Now you know. Now you see the growth. Now you understand, okay, this is why Sabine is the way she is right now. And, yeah. And so, the fact that you know, I I don't really think I even factored in that she was going to actually go with Balin. I I don't know why. It was it was a kind of, I wasn't necessarily shocked, but I was like, wow. And it a, it made sense. And B, it, it I mean, he even outthought her too, because I'm sure that her thought was, oh, they'll leave this thing here, and then Hera and them will come and find it. But he didn't. I thought it was just great
1: storytelling, and here's my why behind it. Specifically, like, it did not surprise me, actually, that Sabine uh, did not destroy the map. And the reason being is that Sabine and Ahsoka have yet to fully work out their issues. There was still some level of distrust, some things left unsaid. They were making improvement, right? But Mm -hmm. action and circumstances thrusted them into battle, right, in episode 4. There's a lot happening. Beyond the lightsaber battles and all that, there's a lot that doesn't need to be said that's happening, which is they didn't
0: have the talk. Well, Hu right. Yang, right. Said, who? It. Yang. even Yeah. I, right. I know. God bless David Tennant, putting in another fantastic performance. And as usual, as he does on pretty much everything. Right. But he said, you work better together. Exactly. And, and, and,
1: and that's, and and then they're separated. Mm-hmm. Right. All foreshadowing there. And they were a family. They be in Phoenix squadron. Yep. And for us that have watched Star Wars rebels, we knew that coming in to see even before the first episode aired on ahsoka we knew that phoenix squadron they were family there was great loss that happened with canon sacrificing himself ezra doing the same thing and saving will fall and sabine dealing with that loss along with ahsoka hera and and zeb and so that it makes total sense and and that's why Even though Dave Filoni loves these characters and he's nurtured them over the years, he's still understanding that there is the audience that have yet to watch this. So to your point, you don't need further explanation in episode four. It explains it, right? And especially that line was for the people that have yet to watch (laughs) these other IPs. So again, I go back, to I challenge the people that say, this show is only made for fans of Star Wars Rebels. I think that's such a cop-out. It is. And and again, if we lose some listeners because of this next comment, who cares? But for those that claim to be really avid Star Wars fans, if you're only digesting content on a silver screen, I really will question your fandom. Yeah. I, I really do. And because you need to gobble up as much of that content as possible I'm not asking I'm not saying you have to read every graphic novel no, every novel itself. I haven't even read all of you know, but like if you're interested you invest the time and the energy to learn more so if you don't want to watch the show but you want to read a Wikipedia or something to get the synopsis invest the time and the energy if it's important mm-hmm. if it's not important to you you don't invest the time and the energy and sorry to get so philosophical about this no, but it's I got that. everyone's entitled to their opinion but that opinion I just I find it's so illogical yeah because Dave Filoni and the rest of the crew have been doing an admirable job bringing, trying to bring everyone along for the journey, but also at the same time benefiting those two who have been on the journey. And so there are multiple entry points to this series. And if you can't follow along, maybe there's a knowledge gap on your end. Maybe you need to yeah. go back and invest in things. You know, Joey, you said in one of our episodes, maybe just pick up a book and read about it. Yeah. You know, right? I'm just calling it for what it is. Yeah, Um, you're right. But Rosario Dawson and all the other actors are doing an admirable job. They're honoring these characters. And yeah, and if you think, oh, they need to be more lively like the animated series. Like, what are you expecting? Are you expecting to watch Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, where it's so serious animation style? No, they're two different styles here. Yeah. So pick a side, stick with it. And for the fans that wanted something more from Star Wars and wanted to have your own Star Wars, this is it. Yeah. Right? It is. This is it. And so Whether you like it or not, this wh- is Star Wars. Whether you like it or not. This is this is a Star Wars that we've been wanting. Right. And yeah. I know we're gonna talk about it here shortly with the World Between Worlds. And Anakin Skywalker are it may be Anakin, maybe something else coming into into that. But the, the thing about it is the reason why we're not fully like we don't know if it's fully Anakin is because there's an arc in the Clone Wars with the father, the son, and the daughter that might be resurfaced here. Yes, and and I and this is my theory, and I want to hear your reaction to this, Joey. In that I feel like episode four, the ending, was a pivot point where yes. we're going to now separate our heroes again. We're going to have Ahsoka go on this spiritual journey, right? Yeah, and trying to find her place because there's some things that are left unsaid for her. She needs to be reconciled to her past, right? She keeps on saying, "I don't want to talk about my past." She needs to talk about the past. She needs to be reconciled to it to be the Jedi or whoever she needs to be. Whereas you got Sabine and Hera. I think they're going to go on their own arc along with Jason Sandola for the Thrawn arc yes. while we're going to have Ahsoka on this spiritual journey. But I want to hear your thoughts on that. Um, where episode four ended and where it might be going. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think first let's talk about where episode four ended. Uh, we mentioned it, but I don't think that I was prepared for that ending scene. Obviously you're like, okay... Did they really just kill Ahsoka off in her own show? Clearly, you're like, no, there's no way, right? Now, technically, they did kill her off. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, she might actually be dead. However, she ends up in the world between worlds. Now, for those people, yet again, that have never seen Rebels, they're like, where is she? what is this place that she's in so if you go back to rebels i would highly recommend watching the episode where ezra enters the world between worlds now it has to deal with the mortis arc of clone wars now brief synopsis of that mortis was a basically a triangle planet spaceship that obi-wan anakin and ahsoka randomly come across. but Probably not randomly, but they came across it randomly on their own. But obviously, we're probably pulled there. That was the home to embodiments of the Force. The father, who embodied the balance. The daughter, who embodied the light. And the son, who embodied the dark. Now, to make a long story short, the son kills Ahsoka. That's correct. The son also gives Anakin his visions of his future. Anakin sees himself as Darth Vader and him become Vader and all the things he does as Darth Vader. That's his future. The sun shows him that. Now, obviously, as you're watching those shows, you're like, how in the crap does Anakin not know? Well, because they got their memories wiped at the end of it. And so Anakin does not remember that this is something that's going to happen. And then the
1: daughter revives. The
0: daughter Ahsoka. <laughs> uses her essence through Anakin. So Anakin defeats the son and he uses the essence of the daughter to revive Ahsoka. Because Ahsoka actually fights them as like a dark side Ahsoka. A feist uses like the dark side and actually does pretty darn well against Obi-Wan and Anakin, right? And just shows you how powerful the dark side is, right? Shows you the power that anger coming in. So it's interesting and and, and through and, and really it's that force essence, Anakin uses that to, he passes that from the daughter to Ahsoka to save Ahsoka. And so that is where it kind of relates to the World Between Worlds, because they their pictures are on this. And Ezra, while he's in the World Between Worlds. Saves. He pulls Ahsoka through the portal. You can see portals through different portions right. of the Star hear, Wars universe. You hear Ray and Finn. You do, and other moments you, you, in time. You, yeah. you absolutely do, including the Emperor who sees them and tries to get in but can't. So, so Ezra saves Ahsoka. He, she, he pulls her out of the moment where Darth Vader is going to kill her on Malachor. On Malachor, and that's how you'll you see that after that the the episode where they're facing off you don't know what actually ends up happening it's just alluded to that ahsoka dies right but uh, ezra brings her out so this is where how ahsoka knows where she's at when she wakes up in the world between worlds after falling off the cliff you're like wow so that was already cool in itself right she stands up and behind her you hear hello snips
1: didn't expect you to be here so
0: soon. And you get <laughs> Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Christensen is Anakin. Not D.H., no, no, no. It, it looks great. It, looked it looks great. It, looked it, great. it, looked it, likes, it, it looks great. I saw funny. people crapping. I'm like, you couldn't do any better. So, it was a scene that I don't think anybody was really prepared for. Like, I think we, we kind of knew that. We knew Anakin was going to show up in the series. But to show up like that... We thought it was going to be a flashback. We thought it was going to be a flashback. But it's not. But... So it could get flashbacks, but we here's could, the thing: is this actually Anakin Skywalker as a Force ghost? Is this who is? I want to hear your take. Who is this Anakin that she's actually Anakin that she's seeing, or is this something else?
1: My theory: it's something else. I believe that is a Force manifestation of the sun because the daughter has been a reoccurring character. I think there's a physical manifestation of the daughter with Ahsoka. It's the owl. Mm -hmm. The owl has constantly followed Ahsoka. Even when... Morai. Yeah, when Ahsoka goes back to the Malachor Temple after she was saved by Ezra. You see the owl flying there. Mm -hmm. You see the owl in Season 2 of Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see the owl at one of the portals in the World Between Worlds. And even going back to the trailer for Ahsoka... A new Jedi will rise that is Ahsoka there is something to be said about Mortis I think we're coming full circle with this and this goes to that spiritual journey I think Ahsoka is gonna have that next battle but it's gonna be the son and the daughter and there's gonna be some balance with the father I think I don't know we'll see Mm -hmm. but I do think there's something going on between the son and the daughter there's a great video that's been posted online with audio from episode one of Ahsoka, where if you listen to the audio, I think it was Sam Witwer that got a credit, a voice acting credit, at least. It wasn't implicitly said it was voice acting credit, but now I think intuition would say it's voice acting. And the voice that was being spoken to Ahsoka when she's down in that temple was apparently, maybe, the son talking to her. We all thought it was Maul. We all thought it was Maul, right? Right, It is Sam Witwer too. Sam Sam Witwer too. And Filoni's known for doing this. He he will he knows the fandom. He knows like mm-hmm. we're all about absolutes. It must be Maul. It must be this, and he plays with that. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, he used in the script Plo Koon, his favorite Jedi, would be the one who said Grogu, and he again it threw us all off when it yeah. was it was Luke. So he's not making history here. But that's where I feel like to your going back to your question, it's something different because I think we're going to get two different arcs here. I don't think we're going to finish the arc with Thrawn because we're building up the New mm-hmm. Republic universe in that movie, right? So Thrawn is going to be introduced yep. here. He's going to get away, quote unquote, get away yep. at the end of Ahsoka. But the arc for Ahsoka being that new Jedi yeah. is going to come to a resolution. And I don't think he used the character of Thrawn to get to that resolution. I think he used the son and the daughter yeah. to get to that resolution where you can have Sabine and Hera and rightfully so focus on Ezra. They love Ezra. That's their family. I'm not mm-hmm. saying Ahsoka and Ezra were not family. But there was more of a special connection Absolutely. between Sabine and Hera, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So I think it's right for the remaining episodes to have two arcs running in parallel. Well,
0: right? Ahsoka, I mean, it, it makes sense because Ahsoka's like, listen, you do know that you're, you know, tells us Sabine that like, you know that we have to destroy this and we, we may not be able to get to Ezra, right? Like, this is the priority, is to keeping Thrawn from beginning here. So it shows you where Ahsoka's brain is, like where her focus is. It's like, listen... The bigger picture here, right? Because she doesn't have that attachment. Yeah, now, but Ahsoka has to be the master though
1: for Sabine Exactly. Sabine needs. But Ahsoka has to go through another transformation um, from a philosophical standpoint. She has to go through another yes. transformation to be the person that Sabine needs. So I think that's why I feel like there's a spiritual journey that Ahsoka is going to go on. And and then you, you still have the Thrawn arc. and Mm -hmm. and i think there might be some level of disappointment there where it's like oh we want to see the beginning and the end of Thrawn. you're not going to get that in the show and because thron's going to be the next big bad. to your point right there's going to be other shows and then ultimately the feature film that will bring it to that climax right yep and 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 i think that's the right course of action to take absolutely for us that have been invested in ahsoka since 2008 this is the arc that we need to see Right, maybe it wasn't the one we were expecting. Like I agree with you, I wasn't expecting Ahsoka to be in the world between worlds that early. But it, it is what it is. You see yeah. that happen. And then going back to Anakin, it's it's interesting because he doesn't have that same um what was it the, the Force hue right from yeah. the Force spirit right, and he yeah. doesn't. He also doesn't have the scar on his oh, face. I think as he well. did have a scar. Well, some, some, there's articles that say, and again, it might be with the de-aging, but yeah. even if there was or there wasn't, I don't think, but That's I, still I think the same there, there, there was, yeah, there's something about it there where I'm like, I could see it, it, the sun using- He shapeshifts. He shapeshifts, and he's using that for his own benefit. He's done it before. Why wouldn't he do it again? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then we, and obviously we've seen the owl, and again, more guy? More eye. I. More I, Thank you. More I. We've seen Morai over and over again, but it, we haven't had like an episode that really dived in and say, "What is that? Yeah. What's going on?" And I think the show is going to address that question as well.
0: I think they do too, and and this they, this is why we, we we're going to spend some time on this you know, this topic because the so it was amazing see Anakin and and Ahsoka talk. It was each. emotional for it me. It was very much <laughs> emotional to see her face. You know, sorry, Dawson just did amazing her reaction. To Anakin there, but Anakin, if it was we, I know it's it's not a Force ghost. The reason we know that is because we saw Anakin's Force ghost at the end. They, you know, they put him into the end of Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah, Yeah. and so they put Hayden in there. That's you know he was that age, but he still had his metal hand. He was still in his Revenge of the Sith outfit. I I saw a lot of things where people saying he had Vader's lightsaber. I, I can't tell honestly. From the lightsaber hanging on his belt, if it's Vader's or not, but they do play Darth Vader's music at the end,
1: and music is always intentional in Star Wars.
0: Yes. <laughs> so this is my thought. I have a couple of different theories on. So one, yes, I do. I I do. I'm away with you. I think it's the son. I think the son is trying so I believe there's an essence of his sister that's still within Ahsoka, and so I believe he's trying to either a communicate with her or defeat her. To get her gone, right? That's, that's what I think. I don't know, but I would think that how crazy would it be? So this is what I thought. Okay, I don't know if I told you this or not. Would it not be crazy that when from rebels, when Ahsoka is pulled into the world between worlds from by Ezra, you know, and Invader he's striking the killing blow, he misses, and he's like, "What the world? What if he finds a way?" Finds out about the world between worlds, and Vader can get in. And he finds a way in to the world between worlds, and he goes and finds himself and tries to change things in some other timeline, whatever it is, to where he doesn't get burned. Still Vader, still dark side, right? But he's back as Anakin, but he can't get back out. Where
1: that's, that's interesting.
0: I'm not saying that's what happened. I think it's the sun, right? I, I think it. I think it's a. Uh, it's and I think what's going to happen in this in this fifth episode, which apparently is incredible, uh, it's been people are hyping it up, saying it's it's you know I think it's the longest episode of any of the Star Wars shows, or the one of the second longest of any of the Star Wars shows that's come on Disney Plus. It's going to cover a lot of ground, and I think we're getting a lot of Anakin Ahsoka time, and I think we're going to see them. Walking through and looking at the different events that have occurred and do we just go see does he go and show her that no matter what happened, no matter if she stayed at the Order he was inevitably going to become Darth Vader, no matter what and that would be a thing I think it would be painful but also help her with some closure that she was not the cause of him going to the dark side, that he was always going to fall that there was no future where he and Padme were gonna be happy. There's no future that like, I I don't know. It just is. It's it. I love seeing Anakin, but there's just something like it's not gonna be that straightforward. Like like Palpatine has a plan for this, and I don't think it's gonna be all warm and fuzzy. I think that there's a plan there. So whether it is the sun, and I still think the sun could do that. Like I said, I don't think it's actually Anakin that's there. I, mean, I just am so I'm waiting to see because gosh dude if they go that route with it. Like where there's just the son is trying to kill Ahsoka or to get to, to defeat his sister to make sure that she's gone and he's just messing with her like taking that out of her. Man, oh man. Like yeah. this is uh that's this a is, that's, that's a th-
1: fascinating theory. I, I I guess in the end of all things we're both so excited about coming up with these theories because we're yeah. like, hey, we can't wait to next week.
0: When have we ever been able to have these theories? I mean, to, it, like, realistically, we've, we people come up with these theories and like, there's no. I mean, it ends up just being no way. Like, I know the the Moroc stuff where people were hoping it was like, the Star Killer. This is it. Actually, made it was so much better that it was a manifestation from a night the Night Sisters or from from Morgan Ellsmith. because that's going to explain. When the with the leaks that you hear about, Thrawn resurrecting all these stormtroopers mm-hmm. with magic, and that's how he gets his army. So it's and we know you know from the Jedi yep. Fallen Order games yep. that the Knight Sisters resurrect the dead. Correct? Can they, they not do that with their magic? Yeah,
1: they resurrect the dead, and that's actually what happens to Cal Kestis when he escapes from <laughs> uh, Dathomir uh when you first land there cuz Marin she goes all crazy and starts resurrecting the dead and uh and when you think about it too uh we haven't even touched on this but the other galaxy man uh, Mer- is it Peridia Meridia uh, I can't remember the I, exact term but it yeah. it's it's outside of the galaxy that we're all accustomed to this is way beyond the unknown region so like even the unknown regions has been in the same galaxy that we've been in this is a whole different galaxy. Yeah, and so there's always been this question, as far as the origination of the Night Sisters and how they can tap into magic. Uh, where where did this originate from, mm-hmm. right? And for those who have read now Legends uh, with the Yuzon Vong and whatnot, New Jedi Order, they came from another galaxy, yes right? And and so they uh, were immune to the Force. And whatnot, so that can be a whole another element that's thrown here yeah. from Thrawn, and, and maybe to your point, right? Resurrecting the dead, resurrecting these stormtroopers, having that army, you know, yeah. the instantaneous. Because this whole fleet got, by, yeah. you know, fleet got
0: taken by the seventh fleet got taken by purgles. the Purgle. Yeah, the Purgle. And yeah, Ezra had a great plan. He did. He did. <laughs> Ezra- and, and that's what made it so great. When whenever they did go into hyperspace with the Purgles. is why he was able to do it because Thrawn didn't expect it. He, did, he was like, there's no way that this person's going to sacrifice themselves. Him. Yeah. You know, it's just, it was what was so incredible about it. And that's where, man, this that Eye of Scion, how cool was that scene? We didn't get, we should have probably touched on that before we got into the whole anecdote because that was just a good way to end it. But the, the Eye of Scion going into them using that hyperspace ring when Hera and some of the Phoenix Squadron are coming at them thinking that, oh, we can block this. And then Morgan Ellis was like, No, nah, just just go ahead. We're good. We're good. We got this. Oh,
1: and, and and for yeah, the haldo maneuver yeah. this was like the most oh. effective way to one debunk that and just say, This is how it'd be effectively done. This is the way it should have been done and yeah, Keto you know, from Filoni to Ryan Johnson, hey buddy, this is how you actually do it. This yeah. is what you, you should have asked me. Um, and followed on my advice in 2017 so again this is our Star Wars I'm excited for it Star Wars is not perfect I'm sure there's gonna gonna be some fumbles here in the episodes ahead no show is perfect I get that but I'm excited I love the spirit of the story the core of where they're going at I, I love your theory by the way I never thought of that and that's a fascinating theory I could also challenge myself in saying hey you know, for those that may not know so much about the son and the daughter, yeah, people don't should know about Anakin, right? And it yes. could be that what if, but that goes back to maybe these remaining episodes. Ahsoka tries to fix the time because there was a reason why she went back into the portal, mm-hmm. going back to Malachor. Ezra tried to bring her and say, "Hey, let's save Canon." Yep. And Ahsoka, in her wisdom, said, "You can't do that. You can't mess with that. Yep. That." If he wasn't there, you all would die. He he saved you all. And I need to go back to where I was. I cannot mess with fate and the the time, right? And maybe that... Maybe something that will play out in these next few episodes where time gets out of order or whatever and Asuka has to put it back into place (laughs) while the whole thing with Thrawn is happening. But I'm confident that Thrawn will be introduced here I think as soon as episode 5... He will get away at the end of mm-hmm. at the end of the season. That will play into what we are looking to ahead yep. for the next Disney Plus show. Absolutely. and I think we're going to get some resolution with Ahsoka, right? With that spiritual arc. Yep. Who she needs to be going forward. I think yep. we're going to get resolution on that. However, how you go about it—multiple theories—but there's a lot of excitement with there those is. theories because we're we're ready to watch it, and whether it gets a lot of views. It's irrelevant. We're getting a good story. That's yep. all I wanted. It all I wanted movies. was a good story. Yeah. That was and that's, it.
0: that's all we've asked for and, and we just appreciate that, you know, what Dave Filoni has put on the screen for us and I, and I hope that you guys do too. And I hope y'all have enjoyed us talking about uh, what we've gotten through Ahsoka through halfway through the season so far. If you haven't got a chance to watch it yet, even if you're not a big Star Wars fan, I mean we recommend it. It's very good content. It's fun, uh, especially episode four, but also just you know, going, there's some essential episodes on Disney Plus that you can watch. Uh, they have it right now. It's the Ahsoka episodes that you can kind of go and get a little bit of backstory to help you uh, understand a little bit of what more might be going on. Uh, obviously, read about the Mortisok. Read about some of these other things if you don't have time to watch. You know, just it's it's such a compelling show, and what they're doing hasn't been done in Star Wars at all. And it's where George I think wanted to go with things. You know, eventually. I think this is what he wanted to do. Is things like this, like what Dave is doing with this show, and we just, uh, you know, like you said, we we're just, uh, over the moon about it. This episode four just really uh, brought us into a. I mean, we've I've been giddy about it all day. I know, I know you have too. I've talked to a couple other people that have watched it, and it was like, wow, like this is unbelievable. And so we hope that everybody's enjoyed the show tonight. Always hit us up. Uh, via social media. Let us know your thoughts on it at Nerd Hero Pod on Instagram. You can obviously catch us on any of the uh, the podcast platforms. Tell your friends about it. Uh, tell your dog about it. You know, whatever you want to do. We, we truly appreciate it. So, John, thanks again, always for joining and we will talk to everybody next week.